Welcome to Humans at Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as engineer at large, from Mariba to Malmo via Townsville, Sydney, Melbourne, and Paris, and back again. My profile photo is six years old. Humans at Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans Twitter list, Frank Zavalio. Hello, Stephen. Good to talk to you. Wonderful to speak with you, Frank. Thank you for, for taking the time to speak with me. Can I ask, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? <laughs> do you mean uh, what version of my Twitter bio do I? <laughs> I introduce myself as, as Frank. I'm an engineer. Um it depends on the social setting, whether I divulge too much more about that side of things. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's. I guess you can probably <laughs> hear that I'm not having too many social social settings in the in the, the recent past. So um. that, that's fine. As an engineer, my, like my only recognition, recollection, sorry, of engineering is my friends at uni who drank a lot of alcohol. Now I know they design things or do things, yeah. They do. Um, it is it is not a very well recognised profession, I would have to say, in Australia, and I I mean that in comparison to places like like Europe, where it is is much more recognised and and known what what engineers sort of contribute. Uh, I don't know whether that's a, a throwback of our British past, where where engineers were the guys who ran the steam engines, um, but. Mm. Uh, certainly, even I would have to say, going into uni myself, I, I was probably not alone in being uh, someone who really didn't even know what an engineer was supposed to do, um, a, apart from, and, and I guess the best way that I can ever describe it is that we, we make things work. Uh, and, and it can vary along a wide spectrum uh, of um, of 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 how to, how to describe it from the from the very scientific um, you know uh, to the kind of a bit more practical to, to the more practical end of the scale mm-hmm. and of course there are many disciplines of, of, of engineering and, and there's even some some sort of socially constructed <laughs> versions of engineering that, hmm. that that are coming up more often than not but yeah it's a it's a very interesting mix of um, applying applying science I would uh, always I would always have to bring it back to um, the sort of scientific basis and making things work in the real world what is the stuff that you make work Frank um, I'm involved in telecommunications so for yeah. a, a great part of the last 15 years that has been in uh, mobile cellular telecommunications and and effectively that means 3g 4g all these G's you keep hearing about. I've mm. been involved in uh, designing the electronics in phones from the beginning. Yes. And then as, as things, as, as my career progressed, I moved more and more into designing um, the sort of network equipment. Uh, and yeah, I think that's, that's where I, where I am now. You know, it's a, I don't talk. I don't really talk about my my work too much on on Twitter, but you know I'm I'm one of these ones that use their real name, so 
it's not going to be much of a stretch for someone to do a bit of a, a Google search or a LinkedIn search and find out what my what my history is. So um, they'll find a lot of engineering, telecommunications y kind of companies in my, in my bio. <laughs> well, it's, it's intriguing to me. So when you say you, you design the, the network stuff that helps make mobile networks go, are we talking about um, the antennas? Are we talking about the radios? Are we talking about um, the switch gear or all of the above? Yeah, I've, I've always been specialized in the radio side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess more often than not, well, definitely as we went into 3G, you know, you have a, a, a bit of electronics that hangs off your antenna, if I'm going to be really simplistic about things, which mm-hmm. converts those radio signals into numbers. And so a lot of it is is then digital processing of those numbers. And that's that's effectively what happens in your in the phone in your pocket, um, and that's what happens at the base station at the other end of that phone that's on a tower somewhere. You're you're converting your data, voice, whatever it may be, into some form of radio signal. And so, for most of the parts of that chain, it's 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 ones and zeros, and and then. It converts to a radio signal, so then you've got the electronics that, that deal with the radio version of that. And yep. it hits an antenna and goes into the air until an antenna on the other side of things receives it, and you reverse all that processing. Um, so when I talk about designing the radio, it, it has been more on the numbers side of things than the electrical side of things. It's still a really important you know, part of the game. I mean, my recent role up, up until sort of a week or so ago uh, in that I was unemployed. But before that, I worked in uh, mining, particularly helping out um, mining companies make radio networks go contextually in that regard. So I've got, I've probably got a better understanding than some normal people who just use their phone, how some of that stuff works. I am intrigued though, by particularly cellular networks and how, um, they handle issues of contention and those sorts of things. I'm always amazed by the fact that I can drive along just about any major road in Australia and have reasonable cellular data coverage, uh, but I can sit in any sporting stadium in Australia and pretty much not. <laughs> yeah, and it's there's a whole range of different engineers, different kinds of engineers involved in 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 getting that sort of getting that to work or, or improving improving it when it's not working uh you know and we, we there's a lot of effort goes into planning uh, it, although it might not feel you know feel like it at times depending on where you live um the, the, there's always this this balance of having enough base station sites to cover the area that you want and australia is yes. a very big area you know um it's particular uh, nowhere else in the world would have the, the kind of challenges that telcos in australia have in terms of covering area you know we and you'll they'll all they'll all brag about about coverage of population but that's fairly easy because if you do brisbane melbourne sydney you've Mm. got a fair chunk of the population but yeah the challenge is to get that coverage going along the hume highway or wherever and to do it um you know in that in that classic trade-off engineering trade-off of um of of you know, the sort of bang for your buck. Um, yeah. You know, it, it always comes down to, to those, to those factors. You can have, you can have it good. You can have it cheap. You can have it quick. 
but you've got to decide which two out of the three. You can't have all three at the same time. And that's another yeah. big, big part of engineers. Um, day-to-day jobs, I, I would I would put it out there. It's such an interesting challenge, isn't it? Because we are a a, a fairly large nation that is reasonably sparsely populated once we get out of those main metro areas, isn't it? That's right. That's right. And, um, uh, you know, there, there is always, there, there's always improvement to be, to be made. And, and I think, you know, um, there, there are various government investments going on in, in black spot programs to, to help, um, build more, more sites. And, you know, it, it's, um, although <laughs> I don't want to keep bringing it back to money and funding investment, but that, that's pretty much what, what it is. We've, we've done a lot um, in the industry in Australia, I would say, in terms of uh, improving things by even the airwaves that we use because mm-hmm. um, one, of the, one of the recent changes is that the spectrum – and I'm going to start throwing – I apologise to everyone who's listening if I'm going to start throwing out words that people don't really know what it means – and, and um, but the, the the range of frequencies that that a radio you know equipment uses that um, used to be used for analog television your good old classic analog television mm. that went from channel zero to channel ten or whatever you know everyone everyone should know by now that in a lot of places that's been decommissioned and that space is being used now for mobile and the the advantages of that is is that you get far sort of further coverage than you do using um, using shorter wavelengths. Um. So in, in the spectrum, the range of frequencies we're talking about, we're what, around the 800, 850 and lower? Is that where, where it's now available to telcos? Eight, yeah, 800, 850 is what we've been using for a long time for for, for even going back to GSM uh, and 3G. But um, we're talking lower than that in the 700 range. And yep. uh, um, pr- the the there's a you know of course the use of all of this spectrum is regulated by the the government yes. there's an agency called the uh, the the Australian Communication Media Authority and they're the same same ones that regulate broadcast to television that sort of thing uh, but they also regulate you know who who uses what so that you don't have cell towers interfering with GPS receivers interfering with radio yep. telescopes and so on um, so that otherwise it would be a nightmare <laughs> yeah so we all we all play nice and no planes fall out of the sky um, <laughs> this the, the spectrum we're talking about is is has been made available for the telcos to use by by the regulator and this is this 700 megahertz and and the same same sort of thing is happening globally as well they're, they're, it's called the digital dividend um, mm-hmm. uh, in Europe in the US they're, they're switching off the the analog televisions that were using these these channels and uh, and more often than not, that's being um, repurposed for mobile communication because these 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 iPhones and and, and Samsungs they're, they're really um, people like using them and they're using them more and more in a in a more connected way and that means we need to have more data going to these things and that's what the spectrum is it's essentially the size of the pipe. They are hungry little devices, aren't they? <laughs> we we are hungry users. I mean, definitely hungry users. Yeah, it was one big change uh, in 2006, 2007, wherever it was, uh, where as an industry um, we were dealing with uh, improving 3G and uh, along came the iPhone. And the iPhone really was a game changer in terms of mm-hmm. not just everyone you know, being able to connect to the internet. And we don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I 
remember a time where where that was supposed to be the promise of 3G, but no one could make phones that took advantage of that. Along came the iPhone, and then all of a sudden, and we saw it particularly in the US first as an industry, um, the big American telcos, AT&T, Verizon, they, they were being hammered <laughs> by, they just couldn't couldn't get enough data out there. Yeah. Um, so it was really a, a, a real game changer. Frank, are you doing what Frank of Year 11 thought he would be doing? No, I don't think Frank of Year 11 honestly had any idea what he would be doing in <laughs> 2016. He probably would have thought it involved a jetpack. He probably would have yep. thought he'd be holidaying on the moon. But I'm mm. pretty sure he never even would have thought that he had in his pocket a mini computer that could call up any piece of information in the world that he wanted to at a at, at a not even a push of a button anymore. The thing doesn't have buttons anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Frank of eleven uh, would have would have sorry year eleven. Uh, I think he would have some things he would be disappointed about, but some things he would just still be goggle eyed and amazed. Were you staring down an engineering degree, or you didn't even have that sort of in focus at, at that age? No, no. I think at at year eleven, I was I was looking more towards a classic sort of science path. Um, I was yep. I did pretty well at, at school, you know. Um, my bio mentions Mariba. Uh, I'm from an illustrious clutch of <laughs> Twitter users that that came out of Mariba. Uh, Mariba is a small town just just inland from Cairns, so in far north Queensland. Um, Up on the Atherton Tableland. Exactly, yeah. A gateway, one of these gateway towns. Yes. A gateway to the Tablelands, gateway to the reef, gateway to the outback. So (laughs) you know what you do with gateways. You you kind of go through them. (laughs) Yeah, leave them Um, where they are. So I I guess I wasn't exposed very much, uh, especially we're talking, you know, mid-'80s, to to what engineers did, let alone – telecommunications i mean telstra back then was 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 a lot different to what it is now um there was no one else and you know i think you even had different companies if you wanted to make international calls and so telecommunications definitely wasn't in the radar i mean i had a Mm. flair for maths and science um so i saw myself in year 11 if i remember correctly because it was so long ago um still looking towards a, a path of of, of science, but, and I remember a kind of one of those pivotal discussions that could happen and really should happen with every child when they're at school with in, well, in this case, it was with the principal where, where he did sort of quiz me a bit more about um, what drove me back then, you know, 15 year old me. And, and, you know, and I, and I, I, I had, mentioned enough times that I wanted to be able to apply science and I was looking at applied science and whatever that was, um, being able to take science and use it. And he was, he went, well, that sounds a lot like engineering to me and kind of threw all these different, um, you know, university brochures at me. And that's, that was actually in year 12. And that, that's, that's kind of where I, I, I started looking into, all right, well, there's engineering, there's, there's, then there's electrical engineering, civil engineering, pretty much back in those days, or mechanical engineering, the 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 electrical side of stuff was the more magical for me you know that's yep um the, the kind of it, it it was starting to deal with more with computers you know and our school good old mariba high school mm. had a computer room it had two computers in the old nice. trs 80s i think from memory um 
So, so you know, it was just at the very cusp of what we would probably call now the computer age. Uh, but, but you know, you know uh, that the the first year of engineering when I eventually went to uni was a, it's a common year for all streams but I was pretty sure that electrical and electrical and electrical and electronic engineering I already had some kind of hobbyist sort of dabbling with electronics yeah. putting together Dick Smith kits and, and that sort of thing um, God it all sounds so geeky now um, <laughs> but yeah that, that that's 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 how I that's how I got from year 11 to engineering okay. Yeah, that's awesome, right? It's something that you were interested in, something that you had some grounding in, and that you've made it your career. I mean, lots of people get through life and change careers and and do those sorts of things, and, and never really engage with something that that interests them. Yeah, um, and, and 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 I've had those. I would looking back would say I've had those kind of points, decision points where you sort of go, well, do I keep do I want to keep doing this or should I be looking at doing mm-hmm. something different? Um, the other, the, the, the aspect I would look back on my background is that I've since, since going to uni and then sort of specializing in digital signal processing, um, if I wanted to put a category to it and then having that application to telecommunications is that I, I, I then ended up kind of in, in always in a sort of leading edge space so you know um, mm-hmm. I was I was always working on things in the telecommunications area one or, or two or even three years before they would start appearing in um, in people's hands you know so um, yeah. so that always meant that there wasn't there wasn't a staleness that ever sort of came in if, if I can explain it that way you know mm-hmm. um, by by uh, after five years of working on 3G, you you had 4G, and there was, a comp- you know, the tech on a technical side of things, 3G and 4G are very different animals. You know, I, yes. I was I was moving from what what happened, you know, the designs in the phones to designs in the, the sort of the system design of the the whole radio network sort of thing, um, which is a lot more, um, which is a lot a lot more varied. Uh, I don't know if I can <laughs> explain it that way. You know, so it was that, that, that variety. I never really ended up getting bored with what I was doing. Um, you know, you're, 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 you read my Twitter bio at the very beginning and, and that pointed to the fact that I spent a bit of time overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that opportunity to, to, to take that career uh, to, in my case, Europe and to, um, to, to sort of move around geographically as well. You know, so um, that that's that's all sort of helped keep me on the, the path that I've been on. Given that 4G technology is, I'm not going to say overly, but reasonably mature mm-hmm. as a delivery mechanism for data, what's coming down the pipe? What's the next radio technology that we're going to hear about in our phones? Oh, Steve, would you want to take a guess? If it's 5G, <laughs> then I'll be pretty happy with myself. Spot on, spot on, Steve. Oh, we were a very imaginative lot, you know, us engineers. You put us in a room together. <laughs> With what comes after 4G, guys? I've got it. It, nice. it is 5G. It's being called 5G, and in every at every one of these G points, I, I, I'm going to say it. G spots. 
Mm. We, we had um, this sort of marketing kind of, not, not even marketing, uh, it, it becomes a, a, a wish list. You know, 3G is going to do this and 3G is going to do that. You're going to have video calls. It's going to be like Star Trek and you know, you're going to have, um, you know, all sorts of things that 3G was going to enable. 4G was going to be faster. It's going to be, you know, a lot more. 5G is more of the same. I mean, from a technical point of view, 5G is closer to 4G than yeah. 4G was to 3G. But you're enabling a lot more, and I'm going to use the S word again, spectrum. Yeah. Um, so you've got um, a, a lot of unused spectrum at the moment that that um, really becomes, or, or it may be used for, for sort of shorter distances. Yes. Uh, so it's a lot of that is going to start happening where you're you're not going to have big cell towers every. 10 kilometers or five kilometers or whatever the case may be, you're going to have in your in your city a lot more sort of antennas that are closer together and and that will allow you to use these frequencies, which are basically allow you a fatter pipe. Um, and there's all sorts of other tricks that 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 are part of that. Um, sure. So more of it and faster. Faster and faster, always faster. <laughs> and, and, and um, you know, there's all sorts of other sort of boring technical stuff as well about about how the network looks, and, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of um, desire to see networks change from big racks of switchgear to 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 basically cloud, you know, having yeah. your network in the cloud. Um, but you know, uh, the application side of things is more what is being discussed at the moment with 5G. And you, then you know, you're talking about more more ubiquitous um, coverage, also not just for the faster speeds, but also that the kind of smaller smaller things, the Internet of Things, um, you know, has ra has raised its ugly head in in this discussion as well. Um, <laughs> and and it relates to you know car. Uh, all the sort of things that you, you're sort of um, starting to read a bit more about, uh, driverless cars, smart cities, yep. um, devices connected to other devices. Miners love it, you know, because a lot of their big trucks are even already now yep. starting to be driverless and controlled by radio. Um, so, uh, you know, th those sort of, all these sort of data-specific applications that don't even have to have a human involved. Now, uh, now they're all on the table for 5G. Yeah. But like I said, we're just <laughs> that's just that's just beginning. Uh, it's a very very much a, a world of hype a lot of the time, and it's it's always interesting to know to see what lands in terms of um, you know what what actually ends up in the marketplace and what people will will buy or what companies will pay for. And and I guess also how consumers will leverage it, right? Because engineers can sit around and, and, you know, lean back in their chairs and feet up on the table just for naming the new thing as 5G. Um, but it takes a special a special version of crystal ball to be able to go, so we've given them all this spectrum and, and it's faster. Uh, we think they're going to do this. And then some bright spark says, oh, now that we've got this, we can make this happen like this. And now all of the everythings can be something or, yeah. you know, just stuff that we haven't even considered yeah you're right and and um 
the, the human component of, of that picture is always the one that's the most difficult to predict, especially for you know the, the guys like us who are doing the technology. Um, yeah. And the classic example um, is Steve Jobs, you know, and everyone's probably mm. had their fill of Steve Jobs hype and that sort, of, that sort of thing. But I mentioned how we, you know, 3G was developed uh, and it was a big change from 2G, whereas 2G was a, a sort of a much, you know, 2G was basically designed to handle voice yeah, and, and SMS even came in as an accident. Um, there was a there was a, some some channel that had a bit of packet a bit of data available, and someone thought, oh, we could fit 130 characters or whatever on this, and, and bang, you had SMSs. But really, yeah. it was it was designed for voice, um, no data at all. 3G was was that jump to allow um, uh, allow data. Now, when 3G first came out, it was all of you know 300. 100 to 300 kilobits per second. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but it quickly evolved as well to one megabits per second, let's say. Uh, and I remember at the time um, a, a kind of a friend of mine who was working in a consulting firm had called me up um, because he knew I was working in this area and he wanted to get a picture of, well, what was 3G? What was 3G? And I was sort of going along the lines of, well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's now your phone is connected to the internet which is really one of the differences from 3G. 2G, your phone was connected to a mobile network that switched your call to the person who you were calling, to their phone. It yes. wasn't really, uh, the internet never came into play. 3G, you had this possibility to connect to the internet. You know, and, and, and I said to him exactly that. It's, it's, you can now have wireless internet. That was where I saw 3G going. Um, a lot of other people were talking about um, you know, video phones and video call was was built into it, but but never actually used very much. But all this Dick Tracy stuff. Exactly, it turns out not not such a popular app. But um, it really, it really, nothing happened in that that was never really realised until, as I said, the iPhone came out, because you know, all those phones, those early three G phones, all had that capability to connect to the internet. And I don't know if you even remember your first 3G phone. It was probably a Nokia um, that, you know, came with a set of installed apps that we mm. didn't even know there were apps. There was probably a connection to a news site. Um, you, you certainly couldn't just connect to Google because operators, yes, they wanted to protect their their network from the outside internet. You know, once 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 people used it was all pretty closed wasn't it it was all, it was remember, i remember the 3 when they launched in australia they had yes. you could you could get video clips of the cricket um, yep. and all this sort of stuff but it was you, you know you couldn't dial up a website uh, any website um, that that you know you would normally you couldn't use it like a terminal and 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 really iphone changed that that perception of how you use a phone yeah? and, and 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 steve jobs you know i think that's um, one of his most visionary moments was was to realize, okay, well, I've got an iPod, you know, mm. but do, do I do I still need to connect this cable in to, to load the music? No, well, well, you know, we've got 3G now. I put a 3G chip in my iPhone, in my iPod, and I get an iPhone. And then people re could realize, just because of the the change of user interface, um, that that you could do all these things, and and, and bang, like I said, that's that's where the the data thing really took off and me as an engineer sitting there thinking well you know now we can connect to the internet there must have been other engineers who were involved in phone design 
with exactly the same, you know, and we can connect things to the internet, but it, it, it needs that, you still need that, that creativity um, to, to sort of um, turn it into something useful, you know, uh, to, 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 to change that, that way of thinking of things or looking at things. And that with 5G, it hasn't happened yet. If we go back yep. to 5G, you know, it, I'm, I'm still categorizing 5G as a bunch of solutions to problems we haven't really got or, or you know, <laughs> no one's really come up with, um, you know, and in a lot of cases, if you do come up with these um, problems or solutions, you know, things you need a solution for, 4G is perfectly capable for providing it as well. And, and really 5G is just a case of providing it to more, scaling it Bigger all Bigger or faster, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm always intrigued by this stuff, Frank. I appreciate you you talking it out with me. That's been very excellent. <laughs> um, I have a couple more questions still, though, if that's all right. Absolutely, yeah, go for it. What does your downtime look like when you're not thinking about mobile networks and talking to idiots <laughs> on the internet about it? Well, you know, I don't I don't actually like I said before I don't talk to idiots on on the internet about. I don't know. About... You're talking a pretty big one now. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you, if you looked at my Twitter stream, you're not going to see a lot of stuff about mobile networks and 4G and 5G and, and the like, you're invariably going to see a lot of football-related stuff. And by, by football, I mean soccer. And I've probably just started another Twitter storm because <laughs> there's always... <laughs> Australians are very protective of their terms, football uh. and soccer. But I have lived in Europe for nine nine to ten years, and so I, that's that's my caveat for using football. Um, that's the round ball game. I think we're all grown up enough yeah, to deal with football is a exactly. ball of some form that has a foot with it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, uh, I don't play so much anymore. It's been actually quite a while since I played. Um, I, it, it's a, a terrible shame, um, mm. but I'm not really motivated to do enough about it. <laughs> um, so I'm one of these sad sacks that will, um, get myself down to Amy park or Eddie had stadium and, and, um, watch the A-League. Um, yes. And, team. and of course I'll, 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 I'll watch, um, the mostly premier league, I have to admit. And there was it was really, if we you know bringing it back to Twitter, it was it was really football that 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 made me want to kick the tires of, of Twitter in the very when I first got on, um, um, because it was it, it was a perfect medium for that sort of shared live moment experience. Yes. So, um, yeah. In terms of downtime, uh, uh, when when there isn't a, a, a some sort of a game to watch, um, I'm. I'm I'm watch, I watch a fair bit of television. I have to be honest. Uh, no harm in that. And 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 it's not broadcast television. You know, Netflix. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot more. Um, well, this is. I, I bring my my wife into this as well. We, we we don't sort of sit down and just watch whatever on is on TV anymore. We um, when we were when we moved to France, and found that, you know, a lot of their content had gone to pay TV providers and. We weren't interested yeah. in subscribing. What was left on their television was a lot of not very not the good shows, and they were all it was all dubbed in French anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, we we got into the the routine or the, the dare I say habit of of downloading via nefarious means uh, our favourite TV shows that we had left hanging in Australia. Um, yeah. But it, you know, it just meant that we didn't sort of fall into a habit of watching TV every night at between X o'clock and Y o'clock. We would sort of you know, if we were home, we could put on what we wanted, you know, when we wanted video on demand. Um, yep. 
yeah, and so we got into that habit pretty early. So so it just seemed once 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 we got into that habit, it just made sense that that's the way TV was going to work. You know, sure. <laughs> um, what's what's capturing your attention nowadays as far as what shows are you watching? Um, not a lot present at this current moment. Not a lot, but I tell you what, I was a big fan of Strange Things. That was a great show. Yeah. I think the rest of the world is nodding <laughs> along right now. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not telling anyone anything earthbreakingly new. I mean, I'm, I'm fully on the Game of Thrones um, thing. So, so yeah, it's, it's. I haven't, haven't sampled Luke Cage yet, um, but mm. you know, I, I, we're, we're in that sort of habit now of starting a show and then just kind of, I wouldn't say binging on it, but you know, just sort of starting the series and going through to the end. Um, yep. But yeah. Uh, I'd have to say uh, I've kind of gotten to the point where on Netflix I've, I've watched what I wanted, what I'm interested in watching and, and I'm sort of, there's still great TV out there to start sampling, but I'm kind of reluctant to make the commitment. And I think that's probably common with a lot of people and in, in these sort of Netflix type services now. Cool. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? That is a great question. And people who answer a question with "that is a great question" are just buying time to answer yes. that great question. <laughs> um, what am I going to achieve in the next twelve months? I, I, I've I have recently started a new role, so work-wise, I have certain you know just the usual um, goals that everyone should have in terms of you know how they want their first year at a new job to, to, to pan out. Um, there's, I think, um, I have toyed with the idea of, of starting some kind of a, uh, um, of, of, of writing a set of articles for, for, you know, not even to call it a blog, but just to start, um, writing down some of the stuff. Mm. That there's tinkering around in my head, um, putting it into some sort of web form, um, just to sort of expand a bit on, on where you know, where where I'm where I am with using Twitter, that sort of thing. Um, whether that's an achievement, as actually starting that, we can call that achievement. I I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's a very interesting word you've thrown at me there, Steve. Achievement, because. Um, you know, can apply to a whole lot of different things. Sure can. You know, um, if you'd asked me a year ago of what, you know, uh, what I would have wanted to achieve, I would have said something like, I'm looking to get a job, which I, you know, which I have subsequently found. It's like, a, I feel that landing the, the role that I have now is, is a bit of, I feel that feels like an achievement for me. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> You know, pulling that forward another 12 months. Uh, yeah, you've stumped me. <laughs> That's all right. Well, there's an opportunity for us to follow along and, and, and also for us to chat maybe in 12 months' time and find out what you have achieved and what, what you wanted to... That would be how that, that would be a very interesting conversation, I'm sure. How that played out for you, and you know, it would be awesome. Yeah. Um, hey, Frank, mm-hmm. thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Uh, please know the things that you've said are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Steve. I, I, I really appreciate it. I've, I felt I sort of shoehorned myself into your show with a bit of a cheeky tweet. But, <laughs> um, no, but, I'm in that. But I really appreciate, uh, appreciate the chance.
No, awesome. You are <laughs> someone who is want to tweet from time to time. Are there other social accounts you would want people to know about? Oh, um, not really. I, I mean, I, I, they are. They tend to be neglected. After, let's be honest. Um, like I said, people can probably um, do the search and, and uh, on my name and see what comes up. But um, how interested they would be in what's there, I don't know. I can't get, make any guarantees. <laughs> I think, Frank, you may be very surprised. Okay, you flatter me. This has been human to Twitter, and I can confirm that at Frank Savalio is indeed human. 